is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with me and Corey. Corey, good evening. How are we? Well, good afternoon more than likely in America. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, Jason. We're, you know, work's like busy because we're doing things at a thousand mile an hour for no reason to get ready for this conference. But, you know, weather's decent. So, I mean, I could complain. But again, like I've told you many times, complaining, no one's going to care and no one's going to do anything about it. So that makes, there's, there's no point in doing that. But I'm great, mate. How are you? Yeah, all right. All right, I suppose. <laughs> it's diff- difficult to keep putting a smiling face on things for football reasons at the moment, which we're going to delve into in, in much more You're probably more doing better than the referee that refereed against Cardiff. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe, maybe. We'll, he was we'll having an absolute up. shocker, like the rugby tackle through Curtis Davis. But then I was thinking, Big Kurt, they won't need to pay for a chiropractor next week because that already happened to him in the last game, so he should be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, refereeing decisions, we seem to bring them up every week, don't we? But um, th- there's a third wheel to the wagon, Corey, as we alluded to on, on the previous podcast, and it is my absolute honour and pleasure to invite into the, into the Derby County family, even though he's been, uh, he's been around for a few months now, Elias Burke, Elias. How are we doing, mate? I am. I'm good, thank you. Thank. Um. Very, very happy to make my debut on this podcast. Um. Obviously, things didn't go too well on the field for Derby a couple of days ago now, but um. You know, we're looking forward to the weekend, especially against Barnsley, and that's a, a game that we're all kind of hopeful that we can knock three points off and get closer to to Reading in in twenty first. So uh, we're all feeling optimistic in my camp, definitely. Elias, before we get into to matters on the field, about you personally, are you, you you've come into this you've come into this derby job, but I don't know how much conversation you had with Ryan Conway before uh, you you got into this role. Uh, are you are you regretting that you've walked into this, or do you feel like there's you walked into and it was just all like a swirling storm, like the Wizard of Oz? Because it's well, been, I think it's one of yeah, it's one of those where the kind of situation is so is so unique that coming into it. You know, the pressure's kind of off in the same way that maybe you might say the pressure's kind of off for the players on the field, or at least up until about, you know, a few matches ago where the kind of the pressure's ramping up a little bit now to pick up results. But on my side, this is my first patch. So it's my first kind of job covering a particular team. And a lot of it has just been, you know, the stories kind of write themselves a lot of the time. So, you know, you have all the stuff with the administration and then the big the big wins after all of the kind of the points deductions and stuff. So I've never really been in a position where I felt like I've had to really think about my next piece. It always kind of writes itself. So it's been um, it's been a definitely unique experience and not like most others first patches. But, you know, I really love the club. The fans have been great. Um, so I really can't complain. It's 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 yeah, a unique experience, but a fun one. Exactly like the podcast, Corey. It, ju- it just writes itself some some weeks because it does. It does. If- if Derby wasn't the the wheel that Derby is, we'd we'd have nothing to talk about. This is this is true, and then our lives would be what, Jason? Just blank shells, boring, like a hermit crab. Well, at home. 
I've, I've, one of my mates, um, the Andy, the Burnley correspondent for The Athletic, he's been doing this job now for two years. And imagine how difficult it is to write a thousand words on a match that just is every, every week. It's exactly the same. You know exactly what you're going to get from Burnley, whether they win, draw or lose. It's always the same style of play. With Derby, as I say, you know, the stories off the field tend to write themselves. And there's been so much kind of drama on the field, you know, with the late winners. And as I mentioned before, the the big wins over Bournemouth and, and West Brom, etc. So, yeah, I mean, you can't really be... In some ways, it's quite difficult, but in other ways, it's been a pretty kind of seamless transition into into a first kind of job in, in the industry, really. And, and Elias, I wanted to get your thing on this because you said sometimes the stories write themselves. And I wanted to ask you how big your thesaurus is because it seems like Quantuma have a pretty big thesaurus because we moved from 24 to 48 hours to imminently to shortly to, and we've also heard the word urgently this week as well from the EFL. Um, and we've just had the EFL meeting today and EFL have said that Darby have showed they've got sufficient cash to trade until the end of the season, but there are still a number of clear challenges to be dealt with. Um, what are your thoughts on this kind of like can kicking down the road by Quantuma? Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than what comes out publicly. Um, but for you, like, do you do? You, how do you see? Do you see the situation eventually resolving itself imminently? What, what can you can you think of another word that, that sounds? I don't like know. I think they've exhausted or... them all. I like. I was like, <laughs> through it, I was like, "There's no other words." Yeah, they've definitely been on a thesaurus.com or synonyms for imminently <laughs> or synonyms for urgently. Definitely have to do that a fair bit. Um, yeah, it's to be honest with you. When when I first took the job, um, obviously I came to the job whilst they were in administration, and I was told by people that have got kind of experience within this kind of situation that these things tend to play out this kind of way. So, you know, the biggest thing for Quantum is to make Derby seem like a club that other people, lots of people are going to be interested in, a club that's got lots of suitors, a club that's on the right track, essentially. And as soon as they kind of, you know, stop framing that to- towards the fans and towards the bidders and stuff, the interest kind of dwindles. So the kind of, you know, the... F- framing the situation as something that will happen with imminently or urgently is something that they sort of have to do you know they've kind of shot themselves in the foot on several occasions by you know creating these self-imposed deadlines and stuff it, I mean that doesn't really help anyone uh, but moving forwards you know obviously the can has been kicked down the road it's nice to get the security that they've raised the funds um, until the end of the season it's kind of you know it's put a nice spin on losing a lot of kind of really interesting young players. Obviously, Luke Plange is now, his permanent future is not with Derby, which is obviously a bit of a blow because he seems like a player with a lot of potential. And then there's Dylan Williams, obviously, who moved to Chelsea and Amari Kellerman. But if their sales are going to mean the kind of short-term, medium-term, long-term sustainability for Derby, that's obviously worth it. Um, until the end of the season, that buys more time to sort out this whole scenario. You know, they're not going to be operating in the free agent market or something. So, They've essentially now got a few months to really sort out the situation. From my information, you know, there's still a few kind of interesting parties. Um, Mike Ashley was one that was, it seemed like it might have been done from from John Percy's information last Friday, but that kind of fell through. But from my understanding, he's still kind of win, within the mix. So there are there are names, there's lots of interest. You know, whether when and this is going to be sorted out, I'm, I'm sure it will do it at some point, you know, 
what the future then holds for Derby after someone buys them is 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 questionable, of course. Um, but yeah, you, you're right in the fact that Quantuma keeps shooting themselves in the foot with these kind of self-imposed deadlines and the imminence and the urgence and whatever else. Because I mean, it is it is something that's like, you know, obviously we all want it resolved. We know that it's taking place, but like you said when they put on deadlines and things like that, you're just asking for trouble. And it just seems like there have been a lot of misfires and mishaps in this from an organization that are supposed to do administrations for a living, you know, it's kind of like, Oh Jesus, what are you doing? Like, like kind of like a facepalm and like, Oh my God, you've just done that. Like uh, again, you know, and, and like you say, it must be frustrating for people like Mike Ashley and the other bidders because they're businessmen. They want to get moving on. It's frustrated for, you know, obviously fans it's frustrated for the club in general because they want to move forward. And I'm sure, Quantuma must be frustrated by some other degree as well. And the EFL is obviously frustrated because they've had tersely worded statements out of it as well. It seems almost in some ways kind of like amateur hour. How, you know, this is your profession. Yeah, like, like they asked us three to go in there and do an administration. We're like, I don't know what to do. Just <laughs> poking around and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's been a concern really kind of throughout the administration and um, you know, whilst whilst the encouragement was there from their side, you know, kind of pre-Christmas and stuff, and, you know, they brought, this was the first time really that they started doing these deadlines pretty frequently. Um, you know, we'll have it sorted by uh, November, and then it was December, and then it was Christmas time, and then it was the end of the year and stuff. And then from then, I feel like the, the fan base has started to kind of gradually lose a bit of confidence in the club. But, you know, obviously, this is a really difficult position that they're in, and you know, the biggest concern really is, you know, the fact that they have now predicated the future in some ways on being able to cram down these massive debts, you know, the ones to HMRC, the ones to MSD, and, you know, thinking that they can cram them down from 30 million to, to 7 million, and that's going to be the, the the future of Derby. But, you know, if that doesn't, that doesn't turn out to be the case, and there are big problems, you know, they've maintained across the whole uh, administration, that they, you know, that's, something that they're confident that they that they can do but judging off what they've done previously with these making these deadlines and stuff it 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 kind of makes it hard to believe them in some ways and you know you really want to in my side obviously I've developed you know a strong affection for the club and also for the fans and stuff we really want to see Derby move forward it's just a lot to be predicating the future on Derby on, on something that you don't know to be sure if you know what I mean. I think from from me and Elias, I want to get your opinion. Is it, obviously as we've just spoke, you've just spoken about there. It's a very difficult situation. They're certainly not going to come out every day and, and give the Rams fans a daily update that you know some fans want. But obviously, in, from from my opinion, they've they have shot themselves in the foot slightly because they were. Me and Corey spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. That at first they were everybody's friend. They wanted to speak to everybody, which was understandable because they were trying to get everybody on side. And I completely get all that. And then obviously setting the deadlines and things like that. Now I know, I'm sure we all know that football, things like this, especially as complex as this thing, things can change all the time. Like you alluded to there, it was widely reported that it was almost announced that Mike Ashley was going to be the preferred bidder on, bidder on Friday. And then obviously what, for whatever reason that, that turned around, I think for me, what, what the, probably the biggest frustration of the of the Derby fans is that they come out, they say this thing and then they go really, really quiet. And I mean, if something's happened, that's fine. But where's the, where's the, the message to the fans just saying something's changed. We've got to evaluate it or, or whatever they've got to do. 
um, and we'll you know we'll give we'll give an update in due course because this not knowing and seven to ten days and that's all we get and then fourteen days later we've still not had a statement. It, it, do you think it's that that's probably ticking off most fans at the moment that the inconsistencies between communications uh, of of what they're actually saying is is the one with the biggest frustrations? Believe me, it's frustrating for us too. You know, especially the local journals, you know, me, Nico, the guys from BBC Radio Derby. We we want to know the updates on the situation so we can then spread it out to you guys and stuff. And if we're not getting that, then it, it makes it really difficult on us as well because we, it's hard to report on the situation with any kind of authority when you're not hearing it from their side. And know that, you know, the EFL is definitely not the number one favoured organisation by Derby fans. And, you know, you might say understandably and stuff, but... It's a similar case on their side also. You know, they want to hear about what's happening with, with Quantum. They want to get the update so they can try and move forward together. And it's the same on our side, obviously, with, with the journals and the fans. We we all want to know the information. You're right in saying that it doesn't have to be every day. You know, you know there's no benefit in that. And sometimes it might be easier for them to tra- kind of crack on without, with, without all the noise and without all the outside pressure and stuff. But, you know, you, you're definitely right in the fact that it's, it's kind of ticking off fans and it ticks off the journals and stuff when we really want to, we want to get the, the, the most current information. And if they're not disseminate, disseminating that out to us, then it's really hard to kind of spread that out to you guys as well. Um, so, you know, we try, we try in our best, we call them, we uh, maintain contact with them. And there are some guys at Quantum that have been of help, but the administrators themselves, they, I think it's, I mean, they spoke to BBC, BBC Radio Derby a few days before the Middlesbrough match. But, you know, the last time I've had a one-to-one with them was at least a couple of months ago now. I think it was in December, maybe early January. And, you know, that's too long for someone that, you know, spends their whole life covering Derby. Um, you know, we, we want to stay on top of that. One of the other questions, obviously, it, it will tie in, tie in with this, but it is more of a, a journalistic question. Obviously, as you well know, the world of social media these days is just incredible. And of course, we've spoken with Ed, we've spoken with Chris, we've spoken with Owen from Derby, we've spoken with Nico. We've had, we've had them all on the podcast and we've, we've had these similar chats. When you're, from a journalistic point of view, when you're given a piece of information and you obviously you do your due diligence with that piece of information, you put it out there. And then obviously turning it into this administration situation, you're told something like, oh, Mike Ashley's going to be named the preferred bidder Thursday evening. You wait all day Friday and nothing happens. I mean, and then all of a sudden you're in the, you're in the picture, you're in the frame from, from fans going, well, you said this, you're full of whatever. I, I mean, how difficult for you personally is that to, to deal with? Or is it, it kind of comes with the territory. I know I spoke with Ed about it and Chris, as we say, and they're kind of like, it's frustrating when you get trolls on social media, but, it's, it comes as part and parcel. All they can do, as I'm sure you can do, is report to to the to the fan base the the bits of information that you've been told. Now, if they're not always 100% genuine and, and correct, then it's a little bit unfortunate. But I dare say that if you know we was on the flip to that and you stop reporting on it, or BBC Radio Derby just went, we're not speaking about it until we've got something concrete, then you know th- there'd be another side of the fan base that would that would point the fingers there as well. Yeah, and, and Corey kind of touched on that on the first question when he was like, you know, what what has this kind of Derby job been for been for you? And it's a bit crazy and stuff. And 
definitely towards the start when you know when I was first starting when you you get the, you get the information and stuff and you're really eager to put it out because you think that you've done your due, due diligence then and then it turns out that it's not exactly the information that you thought um you know it wasn't as con- maybe as concrete or th- th- as you thought or you know gets proven um wrong other uh, later on or or whatever you know that's that's definitely difficult for a journalist but as I say, it's been a crash course now. It's been a it's been a few months since I've started. I think I've been in this now for about five months, and you just kind of. Whereas you know, team, other reporters covering other teams, you know, they don't have all of these kind of um, information coming from all sides. Whereas I get it from from you know from fans and from the administrators and from EFL and stuff. And then you know, obviously, sometimes it proves to be untrue. Um, you, you just kind of learn to be more relaxed about that kind of thing. And, you know, Ed and, and Chris have been doing this for, for a long time. So they kind of understand that, you know, I, and I think it's been a learning experience for them also because Derby have not, have not been in this situation before and having to deal with these kind of noises coming from everywhere. Because as I said in, you know, in the last point that the administrators haven't been entirely clear themselves. So it's hard to, you know, trying to find people within the club that will try and speak to you and stuff. And maybe they're fed the wrong information. But all I can do as, as a journalist and a journalist for The Athletic is to really just try and produce what I think is true. Um, you know, if it, if it turns out to be falsified later on, um, you know, I just try and do my due diligence. I trust my process as a journalist. And, you know, if it, something happens later on, then that's just what happens. But as far as I can say, on my personal point of view is I always try and do the best absolute job that I can. Um, and whether and what happens to that later, then I'm not really in control of. Elias, five months and you don't have a gray hair yet. Are, are you are you dying? Are you dying? Oh, believe me, I do. I'm I'm <laughs> 23. I started the job when I was 22 years old, and already I've, my girlfriend the other day she was Elias. It's Elias, by the way, not Elias. Just uh, as a F, FYI. But um, she's like, Elias, you know, you started getting some gray hairs now. I was like, geez, that doesn't bode well, does it? 20, 22, 23 years old. And uh, I've already started getting gray hairs. But um, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it is stressful. Of course, it's stressful. Covering Derby, you know, being a fan of Derby is super stressful at the moment. But we're all moving in the right direction, it seems, from now. And, uh, you know, the stuff on the field sometimes can be a, a nice little release as well. I mean, not so much of the last couple of matches and stuff, but definitely over the December, January period, that was nice. Um, especially because, you know, in mid January, we thought that we we're going to extend the contracts of Jaggy Alka and stuff and potentially bring in some free agents and loans. Um, and obviously that was a massive blow, but then to go and beat Sheffield United just a couple of days later, that just kind of released. We've, we've had that a lot uh, covering Derby this season. It's been releases, which has been nice. Turning matters onto the field. Um, Derby lost the last game against Cardiff. Uh, we, we, we were joking a little bit off air about the referee. Um, late goal again to concede. The final third was a bit poor in terms of, obviously we didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And now we've seen several poor performances in a row. What we had seen earlier in the season is when you get a poor performance, this team only responds because Rooney galvanizes them to get a response. Is it worrying for you now that these poor performances or the lack of results has now started to creep in over the last three or four weeks. Are we going to be able to get out this rut and are we going to be able to switch personnel out before they get burned out? Yeah. And, 
you know, the, the question that kind of, you know, was brewing as Derby started to win matches over that December, January period is, okay, now they're closing the gap and but the pressure's starting to pile on Derby because, you know, the pressure was off before when they were having those that, that nice run in December and January. They were just picking up points, essentially. They were going out and thinking, you know, everyone thinks that we're going to get relegated. Why not just kind of turn up here? But then the gap started to close and it got within a few points and it's kind of thinking, well, we need to start winning now because we've actually got a chance of survival. You know, I look at that Peterborough game and, you know, it finished it finished 1-0 and, you know, the goal really kind of came out of nothing. Derby with the better side, no doubt, and probably on the balance of play deserved to win. But there were really kind of very, you know, really clear chances were very few and far between in that match. And then since then, you know, they haven't won a match um, against Cardiff. Cardiff, you know, weren't particularly good. Derby probably controlled most of the game they certainly controlled the possession of the of the ball and stuff but other than that Raval chance and then Cousin Richards on the rebound really didn't quite cut them open obviously Tom Lawrence is a massive miss um you know that that petulant red card is kind of uh it was really disappointing because it seemed like he'd he'd really embraced that captain role this season and, and I spoke to people around the club and he's you know, he certainly lifted his performances 20 or 30% and, you know, he's a top goal scorer and stuff. And so to have him out in three matches that really meant a lot to Derby's survival um, hopes was was really disappointing. But then, you know, looking ahead to Barnsley, that just becomes, you know, obviously it was a must-win match before then, but this week and after all this this run of results, it's really, really a must-win. And you really hope that Tom Tom Lawrence has come back from from this trip that he's had um and hopefully he's you know energized and he's feeling good because Derby really need him because there's a lack of goals in the squad I mean I did a piece in the weekend that it's now over a month since either Plange or Kazim Richards have scored and obviously Kazim Richards spent a, a little portion of that out injured um but you know that's really concerning if if Derby strikers aren't scoring then you know where are they going to get the goals from Curtis Davis came you know I think he's a second top goal scorer with four and, you know, whilst that's a really nice contribution, it's nice to spread goals around the team. You want your strikers to score goals because, you know, you look at Lucas Schaal for Reading and he's come back from injury and he's scoring, you know, a goal a game since since coming back from injury, I think, or a goal every other game, something like that. And, you know, Derby don't have that. So, you know, really hope that Lawrence becomes that on Saturday for, for against Barnsley. To be honest with you, a couple of things that you've just mentioned there, me and Corey kind of, Spotted uh, when we when we chatted last week, it, it's I, I think a few a few games ago really. I think the Sheffield United game for one at home was from a performance. It was a bit flat. I mean, the game was nothing, and obviously you mentioned Tom Lawrence, but just two moments of quality picks up the points again against Birmingham at home. I know the away form's been pretty pretty rough all season, but at home it's where obviously Derby picked the points up, and then against Birmingham, obviously get shot out the blocks. Pretty pretty early. Okay, they managed to claw it back for that 15 minutes. And then the Peterborough game again. Yeah, Derby had a lot of the ball and created a fair few things, but, you know, clear-cut opportunities. They didn't have all that many. And the thing that me and Corey, I, I said to Corey, obviously, Corey doesn't get to see go to Derby matches as quite as often as I do. Um, and Thanks to the pandemic. Thank you. Yeah, well, of course. Yes, I know. I know. But I, I think that actually the... 
performances from Derby from earlier on this season, which were full of fight, which were full of determination, and, and Derby were picking up the results. I do think in and around the turn of the year, and I think it has been expected because of, obviously, all the restrictions that Wayne's having with his team, I think they were genuinely picking up one or two results just on desire alone and not necessarily performances. And then I think now that's kind of evened itself out a little bit. I think this is kind of now, unfortunately, for a lot of Derby fans, this is the true identity of this side at this moment in time. Everything's coming really now. The chickens are coming home to roost with everything. They are having to put the same players out three times a week near enough. Um, Because even that small rotation that we could have, we can't because they're either suspended or injured. So it's pretty much the same other than plucking another couple of youngsters out of the academy. I mean, there can't be, there can't be many academy players left at the, the rate that they're getting called up. But uh, just, just looking further forward, um, Elias, you know, I know it's, I know it's going to be a difficult question. It's a difficult question for me and Corey. Do, do you see it turning around? Is that, do you, do you take some heart that Derby, technically are in games quite comfortably or in games. As you mentioned, Derby are in the game Tuesday night. They just couldn't, couldn't find the back of the net. Is, is the optimi- should the optimism from fans still be there whilst the, the fight is still there? But of course, time's running out. And as you say, Barnsley Saturday. For me, if Derby don't win that game, I think it's curtains. Yeah, I mean, as you say, that, that game on, on, on Saturday is going to be massive. But, you know... As I've said before, Derby aren't a bad side. If you, you know, compare the eleven to most teams in the championship, you'd say, other than Luke Plange, you know, playing up front, and obviously there's Kazim Richards there who's been effective off the bench. That team is a is a championship team. You know, all sops really come on this year and you know kind of surprise lots of people. I think Nathan Burns, one of the better right backs in the league. Cashin, I mean, that's really surprised. I think it surprised Rooney, it surprised a lot of the backroom staff. It surprised, surprised all of our journalists, maybe even himself a little bit, how quickly he's kind of uh, assumed responsibility in, in the middle of defence. Um, you know, you look a- across that team, and that is definitely a championship quality team. As I say, they're lacking the goals. So, you know, if, if Derby were to go on another run, I wouldn't be massively surprised. I mean, this, as you say, this Barnsley game is just, is just massive, and that's going to be the, the catalyst, you think, either way. If they can pick up three points against Barnsley and look fairly convincing, um, then then you know why not? But I, I think back to the last time they played uh, Barnsley, so the away match. I think it was in October or something. And I was only I was only in the, in the job then, maybe a month, a few weeks or something. And I watched that team, and I was like, it's going to be a really really big challenge for Derby to stay up this season, you know, because Barnsley had I don't think they'd won a, a won a match by that point, maybe one one. Uh, and they looked really, really poor. Um, so if Derby can kind of show that it's come full circle now and they've really kind of developed as a club, developed as a team, Rooney's kind of implemented that style of play that he keeps talking about, the the building from the back, which is working. It's just not really creating those chances that they might want. You know, if they can really con- convince against Barnsley, then, you know, why not, why not go on another uh, run where they pick up three wins from five games? Because that makes it really interesting again. Um, as you, you know, Reading now look better than they have done for most of the season. They've got a lot of their better players back. And, and you know, you can't keep relying on them to keep losing. But, you know, if Derby keep picking up points, it, that gap is inevitably going to close. And it's, it's going to be a massive challenge. Of course, it's going to be a massive challenge. But, you know, whilst, whilst there are still, you know, 11 or 12 games remaining, there's, there's definitely some hope. Because I, I sit there and I'm thinking, 
if we could take this to Blackpool or Cardiff to the final day again, I mean, that would even be an achievement in and of itself because last season we did it. We didn't have a points deduction because the season was kind of crap anyway. Whatever happened, drew the line under that. But this season, to still be in the conversation and for us to be sitting here in March with a 21-point deduction and going, wow, we're still in with a chance of getting out of this. I mean, I would have snapped your hand off for that in October because it was we knew it was coming and it's insane to be because look what happened with Reading. They got the, the, the nine-point deduction and the bottom fell out of their boat for three months. So they had to go get Paul Ince from blow the dust off of Paul Ince and roll him back out. I, that's a weird one. But, you know, for me as a Derby fan, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, man, if we can take this to Blackpool, first of all, I'm coming. That's that's happening. I'm coming to Blackpool. That, that's happening. Um, if we're in with a chance. But then to take it to Cardiff again on the final day, what an amazing achievement. Sure, we may go down. We may not go down. But, you know, I think step one is the most important thing. We can't lose sight here is that we'll at least hopefully we at least have a football club. And I don't care what division Darby's in, as long as we have a football club next season. But that point aside, how great would it be to be on the final couple of games of the season, having this conversation with you? Like, are we going to stay up? I mean, that would, that would be mental, wouldn't it? With 21 points deducted? Exactly. Absolutely nobody thought when that extra nine-point deduction came in that Darby would be in this position. Nobody thought that Darby would even be within a shot. You know, you thought players will probably leave in January. You thought Lawrence might leave. You thought... Jason Knight might leave. You thought Max Bird might leave. The core of the squad is still there. There's still the opportunity to to stay up, even if they, you know, even if it's like a, a small chance and it, it doesn't it doesn't quite go the way of Derby and they end up getting relegated. As you know, you know, probably seems probable at this point, or it seems likely. You can't really, you know. This this accomplishment would really stack up with some of the greatest accomplishments of English football history. And that's something that needs to be kind of hammered home. How genuinely impossible this seemed when this nine-point deduction came. Nobody within football, uh, I didn't think it, local journalists didn't think it, national journalists didn't think it. And to be honest, I don't believe Rooney really believed that he, after that nine-point deduction, Derby could stay up. He always said about the 12, you know, there's always a, the possibility there. But even then, they had the 12. He was like, if, there, if there's any more, then it's going to be a seriously, seriously uphill task. And then that happened. But, you know, look how they responded. They then went and beat Sheffield United. And I know, Jason, you mentioned earlier about how um, it seemed that at that point that maybe they were just kind of living off the drive and the determination and they never say die spirit within the club. And maybe that's what took them over the line. But we've seen enough good performances from Derby to recognise that they're actually a pretty good team. They can control possessions against against almost any team outside of maybe like the top six. I mean, they played against Luton. Luton are a, a, a playoff club. They played really well against Chelsea yesterday. And they easily, they easily could have got something out of that match. Obviously, it was, you know, a, a lapse of concentration that ended up winning the match for Luton. But it's not a bad team. And if they, if they were to go on a, another run, it's, it's just the fix just between now and the end of the season. That yeah, it gets tough with really, Bournemouth and Blackburn coming yeah. up there. Of course, and then Fulham at home as well. It's, you know, it's tough. But, you know, why not? Why not? And two more two more questions from me. Rooney said that um, players are ready to sign on again for, for next season, regardless of what happens, because they want to be here. I think that's fantastic for, for this group of players. Um, obviously, we have to get administration sorted and all that kind of stuff. Is Is it a case that they can offer new contracts, or do we have to wait for an owner to come in to come in for that. And then 
who's been your standout player so far uh, this season for Derby? Yeah, so on the contract front, it's all kind of verbal at this point. It's saying, you know, um, do, would you sign a new contract next well, season? Of course Curtis I would. Davis? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, they can't put anything in writing because it has to be, um, you know, the owners have to be in position for that to happen. Uh, but it's, obviously, it's really encouraging that that Curtis Davis and the likes want to sign a new contract next season. You know, Phil Jagielka wanted to sign a new contract potentially going for 18 months in January. Obviously, that didn't happen. Speaks to the kind of spirit and determination and love for playing for Derby and love for playing for Rooney from these players. So that obviously reflects really well on him and the players. Um, In terms of my favourite or my standout player this year, there's been a few. Max Bird, I think, has been really good, Um, especially hearing about how last season he kind of struggled a fair bit. Uh, He's kind of in and out of the team. He's coming this year, obviously put on a bit of weight. Um, you know, kind of looks like a man in the midfield now, and you'd say he's one of been one of one of Derby's standout players. Obviously, Lawrence kind of speaks for itself. He'll probably go down as Derby's player of the season and, and absolutely deserved. Um, Ryan Allsop actually, I think, has been a really encouraging one. Nobody really thought that he'd be what he's been. Um, really impressive with his feet. Um, you know, made some really excellent reflex stops. You know, you think of the the one against Andy Carroll again, away at Reading, and then. Kyle Bartley at home to West Brom. But I would say, I know, I think he was the, the player of the year last season. And he, maybe this is a bit of recency bias because I think he's been really good recently. But um, Nathan Byrne, I think every week, he's a, he's kind of Derby's resident seven or eight out of ten. Every you're Nathan week, you Byrne's agent? <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. do talk no, about him a lot, don't I? Yeah, no, he's <laughs> Nathan Byrne. Nathan Byrne, I think when you, when you think you're going to get a, you know, a thing, it's like guy from Wigan, you know, whatever, and especially coming off of how Bogle had performed before he left, you know, but he's, he's definitely picked up and, and, and been, been top draw since. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, he's someone that I really look to and, and Rooney really appreciates um, on, 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 am I, uh, am I his agent? I actually talk about him a lot to Rooney in, in uh, post-match press conferences. It's like, don't you think Nathan Byrne was really good again today? Yeah, I do, but what about the other ten players on the pitch? Oh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but no, he, he's you he, he kind of. I think you played in in midfield against um, against Cardiff for the second half, which I thought just kind of speaks to his versatility as a player, and he's always kind of defensively sound, gets up and down the right really well. Uh, yeah, so I just, in standout player, someone that's kind of surprised me because I didn't know much about him before I started the job. I'd say Nathan Byrne. Yeah. So he is he is the linchpin of your football manager rebuild for the Athletic then. He's, uh, well, he's going to be the met number one guy you're building your team around. Well, you say that, but I've actually started playing Eversaley at right back. And, oh, no. I know. I know. Oh. Sometimes things just don't translate as well on, on the virtual world as they do. So you have a Nathan yeah, Byrne autograph poster in your room. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, is I'll it is it on that. your ceiling? Like, as you lay back in bed at night, you're like, ah, oh, Nathan Byrne. That's yeah, a really good idea, actually. I'll probably sort that before the end of the season. I just need to get another exclusive with him. That's what I'm hoping for. Unbelievable, Jason. <laughs> yeah, well, if, uh, Elias, I know, I know you pressed for time, and uh, I want to thank you for what you've what you've already given us. And I'm sure there'll be more conversations because, obviously, as a as a journalist, there there are lots and lots and lots and lots of questions that we want to ask you about about that that whole scenario, and obviously you as a person. But I think my final question has to be, and obviously one that I'm sure the listeners would be interested in, and and one that we've asked all the other journalists that have come on. So. Obviously, you come in, you get the job with uh, you, you get the Derby County coverage job. 
and Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney's the manager. Obviously, a player that you must have watched growing up and idolised growing up. I mean, what's it like working with him on a, I would say day-to-day basis, but, you know, a week-to-week basis and and obviously seeing him a couple of times a week, having interviews with him and speaking to him um, from from player to to now to now manager. What, what's it like being in and around him? Oh, mate, it's absolutely surreal. Um, you know, I when I was younger, I had, um, for the, the World Cup in 2006, I had a shirt with Rooney 9 at the back. And, you know, when I was going to my first um, post-match press conference, you know, I was kind of thinking that it was in my head. It's like, wow, this is this is Wayne Rooney. This is the guy that's England's all-time record goal scorer, Manchester United's all-time record goal scorer, one of the most famous football players in the world, and essentially right next to me. And there's actually a funny story. So it was my first post-match press conference. It was um, it was away to Preston. I think I think it was a nil-nil. Um, was it nil-nil one-one something like that? It was a draw, regardless. And they so a lot of clubs have got their uh, post-match press room inside of the club, so like in, um, so you can sit down and you know it's kind of like the more traditional setup. But because of COVID, I think they kind of scrapped that, so it was all pitch side. Um, and as it was my first kind of situation like that, I wasn't really sure how to navigate the situation, so I was watching everyone else do it, and everyone was in groups and stuff. So I kind of went over to the the press officer and I was like, I didn't really catch any of that. Do you mind if I can just have a couple of minutes with Rooney by myself. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So we're standing by the pitch and this is my first kind of experience with Rooney right next to me. And I had my uh, dick's phone up to his mouth and oh, shit, my hand was shaking and everything. It was like, wow, like just just a yard away from me is the Wayne Rooney. Uh, but I have to say, he's been really, really excellent. He's He's really kind of, he's never really short with his answers. He answers everything well. He really understands the situation, you know. This is a, this is a guy that's a proper football fan. He still talks about Everton all the time and, um, you know, his love of, of Derby, of Everton, of Manchester United. He's a proper football guy and he appreciates what we do. And obviously he grew up in that situation. So he's had the, uh, he's had the experience with the press for all, from, you know, almost all of his career. So he knows kind of full, full well about it. Um, but no, he's been a really tough guy. Um, yeah, definitely surreal to be working with him all the time. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a really cool experience. My first kind of real job in the industry for sure is it neat that he knows your name absolutely i know and he's it's like and he's it's... just like hey how you doing and you're like hey. yeah, Corey, he clearly he clearly knows ours he clearly listens of course naturally <laughs> the other day he called me mate and i was like wayne really just called me mate like wow <laughs> well elias i mean i appreciate you've got more important things to do tonight massive six aside game on tonight so uh absolutely we appreciate massive. you um and of course I'm, I'm sure between now and the end of the season, we'll we'll catch up again. Thank you very much for your time, mate. And uh, I, I know it's a bit late, but obviously, welcome to the welcome to Derby County family. And uh, I hope uh, I hope you in, enjoy your time with the Rams. Well, thank you very much, Jason and Corey. Um, hopefully, we're speaking after a win next time, and we're we're right towards the end of the season when Derby really look like they're gonna it, gonna do it. So, Elias, it won't even be a win; it'll be a Nathan Byrne winner, <laughs> mate. If that is the case. Then I'm coming straight on. Yeah, the next time Nathan Byrne scores a goal, that's that's when I'm next on the podcast. Absolutely. Fair enough. All right, cheers. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app. Fan Hub are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups, 
check in on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fan Hub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the Fan Hub app and website. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back Four, and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back Four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Derby stuff, so go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season, so stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Derby County. They've got England mugs, Derby County mugs, and various different kits, and you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review as a, as a coupon code there as well, and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's that's Flatback 4 and 6 Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. And then I can always take it out again. I thanks go out to Elias. See, we got that one right. Sorry about the uh, mispronunciation, pr- mispronunciation of the name there, mate. I'm sure next time. We, uh, we get to speak to you. We'll, we'll remember that, won't we, Corey? We will. We will, for sure. Um, so, I mean, it was obviously great to have him on. Time constraints, busy man and all that. Busy men. We're all busy men. Um, so it was just, we, we just, we've been trying to organise that for a couple of weeks and we finally managed to get it done and we thought, well, at least half an hour, uh, an half an hour, 40-minute chat with him was better than nothing. So he's definitely going to be back on the podcast, hopefully, if he wants to. And I'm sure we'll have a hell of a lot more to talk about. Um Final few things to talk about, Corey. I mean, we, first one, we did mention it briefly with, with Elias there, um, but just to touch on it in a little tiny bit more context and detail, EFL, as you mentioned, EFL report out today, um, Derby apparently have turned up with some pictures of some checkbooks and stuff um, and, and proven that they've, got, that they've got funds till the end of the season. But, I mean, for, for me, what, what I want to ask you is, how do you go from... We almost prefer, almost announced a preferred bidder on Friday to now, yeah, we've got the cash until the end of the season, but the, the rest of that's ongoing. And obviously the news that there were a couple of, as we mentioned in the last pod, a couple of last minute, um, a last minute interests that of course they have to do the due diligence on. We get that just in case, you know, that they're, they're missing out on, on, a, on a big deal for Derby. But for me, Corey, if I'm thinking of my personal opinion, anybody who's coming in at this late, late in the day, I've probably not really got the credibility that that you would want and need uh, for, for that type of role. So still no news, still no bidder, but it does look like the club's not going to go bust, which at the minute, which is, which is you know, thumbs up. Well, not till May anyway. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just what we were talking about there in Elias, right? It's just frustrating for everybody when, even someone like him, who's, who's a journalist, who's working for the athletic and people like Nick Owen and, and Ed and Chris and Owen, Owen's a bit different because he's with the Rams TV, but to still not understand the situation of what's going on. And it's great that we've got proof of funds till the end of the season. That's fantastic. Um, I mean, we can continue out our fixtures, but again, this is, we're not even at the beginning of the end here. We're still in this middle phase. Uh, we still need to get a preferred bidder. You know, obviously something happened with Ashley's thing or somebody wasn't happy. And I think you're right. I think anybody who comes in at the 11th hour 
after Derby County has been up sale for sale for such a long time, my first impression is there's sharks in the water because those type of you're going to attract kind of businessmen with not as many scruples. If that makes sense. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, to see how it, how it unfolds and everything like that. But again, we need to get this, we need to, the situation needs to get resolved. The can kicking needs to stop and people need to, to get their fingers out and, and, and make sure that this football club is secured in its future well beyond May. One question I have for you, and this is going to divide, absolutely divide opinion 100%. And I know it is. And I know we agree with a lot of each, each other says on this, not so confident you're going to agree with this, but it's an opinion show we want to put. I want to put an opinion out there. It's gone on and it's gone on and it's gone on. Something's obviously that there are pans on the stove, right? That there are, there are things bubbling away in the background. Do you think for the sake of Wayne Rooney, for the sake of the fans, for the sake of the team, that it should, it should now, to, at least till the end of the season, go, look, we can secure, we've secured funding till the end of the season. We'll have, we'll continue to have these conversations in the background, but actually if we move, if we shift focus a little bit, because let's face it, the focus has been off the field for, for a hell of a long time. Um, and really the focus needs to be on the pitch because obviously of the predicament that Derby are in. Do you think there'd be any benefit? And do you think it would sit with fans right that actually all that talk now waits till the end of the season, let full focus happen and rightly so with, with what's going on on the pitch. And then you've got, obviously you don't want to drift it it too long into the summer because we know what sort of a rebuild job's got to happen in the summer. Do you think the time constraints are a bit too short to, to, to do what I've just said, or do you think it would be wise to, to go look till the end of the season and then let's, you know, everybody sit down and thrash out a deal as, as best as we can. I think yes and no. I think it would be helpful for for fans and for fans, supporters, supporters groups, podcasts like ourselves, even the journalists really in a way to, to get a statement from from the administrators to say, look, we've got funds till the rest of the season. You know, we're going to continue to work on this deal. But then I think the fixation of trying to get this football club sold has to end and we have to focus on on the field matters because like we discussed and like we've discussed before jason we're at a we're we could do something very special this season obviously at a different end of the table but i think i think we all have to just back off and let the administrators do what they're going to do and it, it's frustrating and, and as fans you sometimes feel powerless because you don't understand the, the wheels of power that are turning and everything like that but I think that maybe they should come out with one statement that's like, hey, we're continuing to work on this and whatever, because I'll be honest with you, I don't want to know the all the nitty gritty details. I'm not bothered. I don't get paid enough to I'm get paid to, to know that stuff. And I don't really think I want to know how football clubs operate at that kind of level. I've got a general idea. I've got a little bit more, I've got a little bit of insight, but not, you know, at the minutiae detail that they're dealing with. And I think it would be helpful if we kind of just let them get on with their work in a way. And, and it's difficult because the flip side to that is if they don't do it right, we won't have a football club. So you can understand people's, you can understand the Save Derby County campaign and stuff like that, which is admirable. And I'm not saying I'm not against the Save Derby County campaign. I'm all for it, but you can understand why it causes the air when you hear that this club might go out of business. Now, now that we have funds till the proof of May, maybe we should just let them do their business for the next few weeks and maybe the next month or two months in peace and quiet and, and, and let them get on with the job that they, that they've, took on because I don't think added pressure or external pressure or taking time out to answer these questions or whatever. I mean, 
they read stuff. They're not stupid people. You know, they've got, they got PR teams and stuff like that and, and they get, they get the stuff that's going on. So maybe now it's time to just say, Hey, look, we've got fun to the end of the season. You know, let's see the progress they've made in a couple months and let's leave them to do something for two months. And then we can, we can kick it back, which doesn't mean that we stop doing what we've been doing as a fan base. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that we stop it. It just means that just, let's just dial down the pressure cooker a little bit here because maybe that they can then get something done out of the public eye because you don't want this deal done in the public eye because a lot of businessmen are going to shy away from that. You know, I don't know what you pay for your house and I don't really care, but if you told me, you know, if you make it public, you know, you're not going to like that. No, no, I agree. That kind of personal stuff. So, so yes and no, because if you don't, we might not have a football club, but I think also maybe if we just release the pressure a little bit and give them a little bit of breathing space and a little bit of time to do what they need to do, It'll all, it'll all, it's all going to work out in the end. Yeah, um, I think you're right. We got to continue the Save the Arbor County campaign to show the importance of what this means. But I think the whole pressure from MPs and everything like that, pressure in the EFL and whatever, let's just let some of them crack on and, and, and get the job doing. And if it's not to, to your liking or my liking, that's not, that's not anybody's business because at the end of the day, we're fans. We don't, we're not buying the football club. We've never bought something that's worth this amount of money with this much debt. So it's going to be, it's going to be a kind of a special deal that needs to be done. So let those people that can do those deal and broker those deal, do those deals, if that makes sense. But at the flip side, you know, continue to share your stories about what Derby County means and whatever. Don't let that die, but release the, release the pressure a bit on the EFL and Quantuma, because you can tell by the EFL statements, they're getting progressively more terse. And at the end of the day, the EFL, they're going to, it's like you poke the bear enough times. They're just going to revoke the golden ticket and say, we've had enough of this. We've had yeah. this pressure from fans. We've had enough of wrangling around with Quantum. We've had enough problems with Derby County the last two years. We've got other things to solve here. They've got a football pyramid that's broken. They've got debt-laden clubs all over the football league. You know, they've got to be able to keep pace. They can't get a TV contract because the, the league's changed so much. So just eventually one day the EFL's just going to pull the golden ticket and say, okay, I've had enough of this problem. Yeah, well, that and that is it, and that's the thing. So just, 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 I guess you know, we've been keeping the pressure on, and that's been good, and we've gotten some results. But maybe time, maybe slightly back off a bit, and let them do mm. what they need to do in the background. Well, I think so. I think I, because if this was, if this was a Jason, if this was an owner to owner transaction, let's say Mel Morris was selling it to somebody else, we wouldn't be worried about the ins and outs of the deal and and whatever. No. Because it's but now because we have administrators and we're in this that's a, it's not a direct apples to apples comparison, you know. But let no, them yeah, deal and what they need to do because there's different negotiation things that they need to do and different lawyers and different proof of funds and fit and proper tests and whatever. So let them just do what they need to do and find somebody that can take this football club forward. We have funding till May, great. But you know, check in with them in April, check in with them with, in late April and like, you know, six weeks time and see the progress that they made because expecting something to change every single day, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen, Jason? One day me and you are just going to wake up and they'll just be thinking that he's been taken over by person. Fingers crossed. Hey, and the story that that's what it's going to be. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'd have thought so. I'd have thought so now, you know, we're not going to sit here and they're going to go, we're, we're inching closer, we're inching closer, we're inching closer, we're inching closer. Like, yeah, it will. It, it, that, that corner flag, one, 9 a.m. one morning, that corner flag is going to appear. Um, if it's not and, the corner flag, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. I've been waiting for that corner flag. If it's like the picture of the main stand, I'd be a bit disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just something that I've been mulling over in, in my head in, over the last couple of days. And I, I 
completely agree with what you're saying in terms of, you know, don't let the spirit that the fans have generated all over this die. Um, but for everything that the fans have done and all the pressures that they have put on the EFL by sending emails and sending this and sending that and getting all the MPs involved and doing this and doing that and doing the other. What has it, has it got Derby County a new owner today? No. So, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe let the people who are dealing with it deal with it. And, and as I say, especially with the way that things are, and I want to focus it back on this because this is my main point, with everything that's going off with, on the pitch at the moment, sole focus needs to be on that. You know, we know no new players are going to be coming in now, free transfers, we know that. What's the point? There's only 10 games to go. Chances are, what, what's out there? Probably nothing anyway. But we've already been told that that's probably not going to happen. You know, just, just try to remove all the, the excess um, pressures and, and let's just you know get behind the team for the for the final what 11 or whatever it is 11 12 games of the season and and just see how how close Derby can actually get to to do, to achieving it if not indeed you know achieving it um and moves us on to the next point Corey you know we we sat here three days ago and said big week for Derby County after the loss to Luton we really had to go to Cardiff and, and take something out of that game. And almost did. Almost. But and almost should've. counts for nothing, which yeah, is what away from Wales with. Absolutely. And, and should have. And should have. Um, the chances. I mean, I know you you said you didn't catch much of the game. I mean, I, I, I was in Cardiff, but not at Cardiff game, you know, strangely. Uh, I was about four and a half miles away. So uh, strange. But yeah, I mean, I, I watched it. I watched it in a pub full of Cardiff fans, funnily enough. Um, which wasn't great. Um, but again, exactly the same. And, and you know, we, we probably sound quite repetitive, Corey, but it was it was it was nice, it was it was neat passing, it was this, that, and the other. Uh, also had I think the third highest touches in, in the game as as the goalkeeper, you know. I mean, to me that's just ridiculous. I think he was up at like 90 touches, which I think is one of the highest for a goalkeeper this season in the championship. Um, and I mean, if I, if I was being brutally honest, did Derby really lay a glove on Cardiff in an attacking sense? Uh, not really, not really. Uh, so then you can't Card- complain about the result if you lose one nil. No, you Cardiff know, did nothing. The game, the game's about goals, Jason. Yeah, it is. So you're only conceding one goal, but you're not scoring anywhere. You're going to lose. Yeah, well, that's it. We need to find something in the final third. We need to find some sort of spark. I don't know if that's when Tom comes back and we play him as a false nine again. Mm. This plan is not working out right now. Since his move from Crystal Palace, has he been the same player? Not really. I, I don't know, you know. Um, yeah, not really. For the listeners to decide, but, you know, he's obviously his production's dropped off. See, he's not the same player that he was last season. He's had an Achilles injury. He's had another injury as well. And you're expecting someone who's what? What's CKR? 36? Yeah. You know, to, to continue to, to perform at the levels that he did last season. We've got nothing up front. That's ultimately going to do us. When we sat here and we looked at the season to begin with, we thought, you know, we lack something up front that we were going to get a striker. We've known that we needed a striker for over two years. Philip Cocking tried to get a striker to replace Chris Martin. It didn't work. You know, where's young Jack Stratton in all of this? He's fallen off the face of the earth. You know? Um, he looked like after the Peterborough goal that he was going to go on and do something. He's fallen off the face of the earth, but we need something in a creative sense. We need something in an attacking sense. You know, and the young players are starting to get tired. Um, you know, Festi Abaselli, very exciting, very direct player. And, and I know sometimes he doesn't have end product, but 
game is about entertainment. And when you run at players, that's entertaining. You know, he's, he's basically an indomitory of the championship, right? You get the ball, run a straight line, and it might go in. It might hit Rosie. You don't know. Or Rosette. Um, you know, but we, we, we have to we have to find room. He's got to do something to change this team to get some sort of creative spark back in it. Because ultimately, it was it was Rotherham's inability to score goals last season that sent them down because they they tied some games and had they got a goal and they went down, you know, it's the same thing. If if Darby can get a goal from somewhere in a couple of these games that can give them wins out of nothing or points, they're gonna be a lot better off. So Wayne's just got to change the team up. He's got to get more attacking impetus into this team so that so that we can we can have a chance to survive here. No, I agree. I do agree. And I do you know, I sometimes sit here, Corey, and I think, what would would it be better if we just turned up and got and just got thumped every week? No, it wouldn't. Could, I don't. Do you know why is that know. better? Well, I mean, at least then, at least then you can just say, Dobby's not good enough." Yeah, but it's the hope that kills you. That's what. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, as, as we've you know, there's been more than a few games this season which have been which have been fantastic there's no, there's no doubt about that because of obviously the passion and and everything else but it is the hope that kills you you're right and you, you but I you know I'm I'm sitting there in my head knowing that Derby County aren't good enough to stay up in my heart is obviously a completely different I'm still there I'm still buzzing doing this podcast we still want them to get the three points and it's a very, very difficult balance at the moment. It really is. I just wonder if, if emotionally and stress-wise, it would be easier if they just rocked up and, ah, ah yeah, we, we can see Derby aren't good enough because they're getting thumped, thumped three or four every week. But Heck I mean, no, that we don't want to. No, we, we wouldn't want that, of course, uh, and certainly not to report on either. Because then we think about it, that. Jason. You have a team that's getting thumped every week that's not good enough, that's got no, that's going to have no players in May, only got funding until A, still has, still has issues the thing there'd be no positive aspects to Derby County at all as a fan. We'd literally just be sitting here till May going, well, Christ, we'll see what happens after that. At least there's mm. to look forward to when they hit the pitch. This team's competitive. This team could get out of this thing. This team could do the unthinkable and stay in this division, whether people want yeah. them to stay in the division or not. And yeah. that's the exciting part is that you're seeing a group of players who are fighting. I mean, I remember when we, when we spoke to Miles Addison and he said that, you know, once some of the players came in in January, the levels in training dropped because people were just not bothered because they knew they were going down. So then you're not going to get this collective fight. You're not going to get this collective passion. You're not going to get this camaraderie in the dressing room. So that's what we need to enjoy. That's what we need to savor. Because it's easy to get thumped every week, but it's, it's better to be competitive in every game and, and potentially going into every game thinking that we can do it. And that's what we need to do. That's the mentality that we need to have. Because then there's at least something positive from Derby County every every time we step onto the pitch is that the fact that we're a competitive team. Yeah. I mean, obviously, just, just to tie up the game, I mean, how Ravel Morrison hasn't scored in that game is is beyond me. And it wasn't for wasn't for one to try in. I mean, Alex Smith has pulled off an absolute fantastic save uh, with it the post. Um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Cardiff had one or two chances as well. But it, I, I was... I wasn't impressed by Cardiff, I have to say, until they brought on Ikpiadzu, um, who out-muscled, did exactly what a target man should do, out-muscled a defender. Some were saying it was a foul. Anybody who hasn't seen it, they've both got hold of each other. So, I mean, 
yeah, eight times out of ten, that is probably given as a foul. And obviously, we talk about the inconsistencies with with refereeing uh, and and things like that, and we know all about that. So you know, I don't understand why we get so surprised sometimes when when those decisions happen. Um, and you know, it was just another huff and puff performance with no, with unfortunately with no end product. And before we, you know, before we move on, obviously Barnsley becomes on on Saturday because for me now Barnsley becomes uh, a must a, a must win. And I think if Derby do lose that game, I think that that genuinely with with March being as tough as it is, I think pretty much is, is curtains. Unfortunately for Derby. Um, before we get Nigel's thoughts on the game, Corey, I want to quickly mention about uh, Rooney's post-match comments. And obviously, I listened over here. I, I listened to Radio Derby. I listened to Ed. I listened to Chris Coles uh, the, in their interviews. And I like the way the way Ed does his journalism. Uh, and in fact, I like a lot of the way that a lot of the Derby fan, Derby journalists do their do their work. Because they ask questions that you already know, you, you kind of know the answer that they want to give, but then obviously it has to be a little bit more professional than that. Wayne Rooney Tuesday night took the professional hat off Corey a little bit, and I mean he's probably going to get a fine for it. I, I'm I'm almost certain of that. But I think it's home truths is is what he what he was saying, or certainly uh, you know what a lot of fans are starting to think that there is an agenda against Derby County. Nobody else wants Derby County in the championship this season because they don't think Derby have been punished enough until they go down to League One. Yeah, and, and sometimes, like they say, the truth hurts. Um, and, and Rooney's dead on. And um, I do believe that you know the, the concerning thing to me is the lack is the is the respect issue, right? The fourth official is not treating any not treating him with any respect. And I'm not saying they should treat him with respect because he's Wayne Rooney, because he's England and Manchester United's all-time leading goal scorer. And he's a legend. Everybody should be treated with respect and dignity on the touchline, whether you're the manager of Derby County, the manager of Barnsley, or the manager of FC Timbuktu, it doesn't matter. You know, you're the manager and you should be treated with respect by the officials and, you know, you should give respect to the officials as well. And that obviously always doesn't happen either. But I think the respect issue is a big thing for me. And I think he's dead on. I think sometimes these referees sit here and Derby roll up with seven or eight, you know, teenagers in the side. And these people sit here and they go, I'm not going to take crap off them. I'm not going to bully them. I'm not going to do things like that. And so I think in a way, I think he's, I think he's dead on. I think that they do try to take advantage of these young players and go, yeah, okay. 19 year old kid, whippersnapper, you can get out of here. And that's, that's the difficult thing. Uh, we know the EFL have had poor officials for a while. Um, I mean, I mentioned it to Elias there that, I mean, the, the knocks of Curtis Davis in his back. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're not going to see that, like, like Owen Bradley put out, I mean, hockey and football really combined there. It was mental. Um, you know, it would have been a penalty in hockey. So it was certainly a, a foul in, in, uh, in, in football. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's, that's the disheartening thing is I think that, you know, um, people come out and Darby been punished. They did something wrong. They've been punished. And I think that the, the punishment was the points deduction. Everything else that's happened is just kind of extra gravy and, and mm. why people are sadistic and sick to to get their jollies about this i don't know why we get messages from fans that's like i hope darby goes under okay random fan from some random team i don't care i don't know why forced fans have to get involved like i don't give a crap what goes down the a52 to be honest with you best of luck to forest whatever however they want to run their business however they want to do what they want to do fair play to them doesn't affect me i'm a darby county supporter 
fair play to them. They want to go mm-hmm. to the Premier League, fair play. If they want to go down to the league, fair play. I'm, it's not going to affect me either way. You know, and but there's some people here that are just like sadistic. You know, they make like weird videos. And some guy was like a random Premier League fan. He made some weird video on the internet. It's just weird. And um, I just don't I just don't understand what the end game is here. But Rooney, Rooney's comments, I'm sure he'll get fined, but he's not wrong. I mean no, no he's he's not. That is one thing the, he's not. the respect, the respect issue. And if he's coming out, and I'm sure he's 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 given it, Rooney can take it because Rooney's dished it out, okay, throughout his career. And if he's now saying this, it must have been bad. Yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. Referees have to have to have to appeal to one thing or the other, but to treat people with disrespect, and he's dead on. They're taking advantage of the young players, and then that's the sad thing to see. So, you know, it's just it's just disappointing all the way around from all sides, and we just it just gets old talking about because I just want to focus on what's going on the field and, and the positive stuff from Derby County, but there's so much so much negative crap and whatever all the time that. Just it's just difficult. It's just difficult. It is. It, it's. I. I want to. I, I mean, the thing that I took from that comment was that you know it, all we all we want is a is a fair shot, is a, is a rub at the green, is fair officiating, and that is we know the standard of of refereeing has been absolute dross for quite some time, but it, it does feel, and I don't know if that's just because we're in that vacuum, Corey, then you know we think oh everybody's against Derby County. I, I don't know if it's because we're in that vacuum that it looks. As bad it as feels, it is, but, but, I mean, it feels you know it I mean? feels like it, I guess, because we're we're from that perspective. I mean, I could see it from the outside. I can see it from other perspectives as well, you know. But we do speak to other fans, many, though. Come there's on, this been too many coincidences one way to say that mm. not something else. Like you can officiating call or not getting a penalty. Yeah, that happens to everybody. Fouls that people aren't seeing. Yeah, that happens to everybody. But when you start to see it more and more and more and more and more and more, three or four every game. Yeah, three or four every game. It's a little bit different. I mean, we never sit here. We never sit here and talk about. Ooh, ref was bloody brilliant today. We got away with a few, didn't we? Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. I don't know. Would, but I'm just saying, like, no, probably probably. So I don't know. I think maybe it's a little bit blown out of proportion, but there's obviously also something there. There, I'd agree. I'd agree. Well, that's our thoughts on the Cardiff game. We're going to move on to Barnsley, but before we do, here comes Nigel. Tuesday night was certainly a happy St. David's night for anyone supporting Cardiff City living in Wales. It did feel like our patron saint was looking down on us and helping us out last night as we uh, scraped our way to that 1-0 win over the Rams. Final whistle was certainly an outbreak of joy and happiness amongst the Bluebirds followers, but... I'll be honest with you, it was one of relief as well. Cardiff just didn't play well at all and really didn't get into the game from start to finish, bar a couple of moments. There was frustration amongst the crowd um, of their inability to get any grip on the game, pass and move the ball. The standards have dropped off considerably from most things we've seen recently with the club and under Steve Morrison. But they found a way to win and... Quite often, the teams that do well and pull their way at the table do manage that. And certainly, I think one of Cardiff's key strengths is they do have the ability to change a game, even when things aren't going right. And that was the way it turned out last night with Uche coming off the bench and making the difference, getting that winning goal. There's no question that defeat was uh, hard to take for Derby and Derby fans, and I can fully understand why. And I think Cardiff manager Steve Morrison also offered his uh, sympathies in that respect. 
But if you look back on the game, uh, for all Derby's movement, possession, control of it, 67% possession I think they had during the match. How many times did they really worry Cardiff? And I think that's part of Derby's problem all season. They're just not able to put enough efforts on goal. The one they got on goal saw a brilliant save by Alex Smithies. And if that had gone in and Derby had gone one up instead, it's quite likely you would have seen the game out instead of us. So as well as Cardiff didn't play, uh, let's not forget that they hit the bar twice before they scored. I believe they had uh, four shots to one on target and twice as many shots overall during the game. And that is Cardiff in a nutshell, that they can be a team who do well on limited possession. They're quite happy to um, soak up teams who are showing enterprise coming towards them, knowing that they do have good attacking talent. In the podcast earlier this week, I sort of warned you to look out for a couple of players. Um, One of the ones I highlighted was Tommy Doyle on loan from Manchester City. And I think, although that wasn't his best performance for the club last night, his influence and his desire to win and take the club forward um, was a key reason why we did get that triumph in the end. He was so unlucky with that um, 25-yarder in the first half that came off the underside of the bar. But anything decent and Cardiff did during that game, Doyle was at the centre of it. He's been a, a tremendous asset to the club. And someone who's only going to get better. Um, Manchester City have already said they're willing to allow him out on loan again next season. I really hope he stays with Cardiff. Uh, I do fear he might go to one of the relegated sides from the Premier League. But he is absolute championship gold. And so whoever has him next season is going to have a big season with him. I understood Wayne Rooney's frustration at final whistle. Although I don't think he really had too much to complain about. Um... We all have games where decisions go for and against us, and I've seen enough go against Cardiff over this season. Personally, I didn't think it was a a foul um, in the move that started up the goal. And although there was a bit of a tussle between Curtis Davis and Uche before that goal was scored, again, I'm not really sure it was a foul. And I think had it been reversed, Derby fans would have wanted the goal and not uh, wanted that to be disallowed either. Um, I was surprised Curtis Davis was manhandled in the way he was by Uche because I always thought him a strong defender, but um, it just didn't work in that moment. Cardiff now seem to have a platform to to climb the table in the closing weeks of the season, and it's a great relief to us. Um, I appreciate for Derby, it's a very different story at the moment. I know you've got a big game against Barnsley this weekend, and I wish you well. Um, Great support by your fans last night. Uh, it's a hard game to take and it's a hard journey back. I, re- I realise that having travelled away on midweek games where we've been unlucky to lose myself enough times over the years. Um, I just wish you well in your fight for the rest of the season and in your fight to survive. Your players are clearly an asset to you and they've given everything they got, but they unfortunately just came up short last night and in, in a couple of recent games as well. Uh, hopefully your luck will turn and you'll get a couple of big results starting this weekend. But I'm sure... The most important thing of all is that you have a future and I just hope that gets sorted for you as quickly as possible. Cardiff and Cardiff City fans, of course, will see you um, final game of the season at Pride Park. It's a trip we all like doing and I'm sure I'll be there myself. Um, I just wish you well for the rest of the season and beyond. Thanks to Corey and Jason for letting me give you a a little bit of feeling from the uh, Bluebird side of the family. Um, Take care all. Nigel. Absolute pleasure as always. Been a been a regular on this podcast ever since we started um, covering. 
Cardiff, and I and I hope and pray, if not this year, sometime soon, we will uh, we'll get to we'll get to collaborate uh, yet again. All the best, mate. We turn our attentions to Saturday for the final uh, few minutes of the podcast, Corey. And as we uh, have alluded to a couple of times already, if it wasn't a big enough game, just because of who we're playing on on Saturday. I think you can almost slightly take that out of the context of it, Corey. I don't think it cares who. I don't think it matters who we're playing on Saturday. Three points. All these games at this be. time of the season are big games. I don't care. Yeah, it's, you're coming up against Paris Saint Germain, are you coming up against mm. Forest Green Rovers? It makes no mistake. These are these are must-win games. We had a bit of a cushion. I've been saying for weeks that we could probably lose a couple of games. That cushion in that window is vastly closing. Every game now is the biggest game of the season. Yeah. Um, and, and, and against Barnsley, obviously, it's a bit of a six-pointer because you can push Barnley back, pretty much kill them off for the season. Um, but, you know, if Barnsley win, it sucks them back up and gives them a bit of hope to try to get out of the out of the quagmire as well. So they're all, they're all big games. This is a massive game, and we have to go in there, and we have to get three points. That's There's no other there's no other ways about it, Jay. No, no, I agree. I don't, I don't think there is. I think it is literally, we are at that. I don't, some fans might not agree, but I do think we are at that stage now. We, we have to, I mean, not only to stop the rot of three defeats, um, you know the record. The record over the last few games is is, is patchy at best. But it's it's three defeats, and we've scored what one own goal, and, and conceded about six, seven. So you know that's that's not good enough. We we know that's not good enough. Um, it's certainly not the kind of form that's going to get you out of uh, out the position that we're in. Um, but yeah, for me, Saturday massive. I'm I've not seen. I have to admit, I'm I'm fully expecting it'll be close to a sellout again. We we've just got to get behind the team and Barnsley are one of them teams. It's that type of style, that type of game. Derby don't play well against. Uh, the weather in the East Midlands has been terrible over the last few days. It should be interesting to see what the pitch is like at Pride Park. We know that we've commented on that over the past couple of, um, last couple of home games. But it, it, it's it's time. I say it's time. That's probably not the right thing. Derby need to stand up and be counted on, on Saturday, Corey, if you ask me. I, I think... We, we, I think, is it the international break coming up after this game? Going into that, no, it's just the back of no midweek game after this one. The international, oh, right, until after Blackburn, it, I think. Right, oh, well, okay, a week off, no midweek game, just seven days breather, which we know the players need. We know it's still, it's still needed, you know, it's still refreshing. Yeah. Give them a couple of days away, and stuff. absolutely, it's like a mini so, break. Going, going into that with with confidence of, of of three points, like you say, against one of the rivals. Um, it's massive. I mean, obviously, Tom Lawrence coming back. Corey, we've had our opinion on Tom Lawrence. We, we had our opinions on, on Tom Lawrence as sending off and stuff last week. And I, I don't doubt that he won't that he won't do this, but he needs to he needs to come back and show the form that he's shown this season for most of the games that he's he's played for Derby this season. And that is the Tom Lawrence that we want, the Tom Lawrence that we know can score goals. And if Derby can turn up on Saturday. I mean, for me, I'd take a 1-0 90th minute, I would. But if Derby can turn up and put on a performance, similar to the Hull game, we turned up against Hull, we, we, we really, we blew Hull away. If Derby can do that, as well as the three points, which is the most important thing at the minute, the extra added confidence that could give the team going into what is absolutely um, a, a real tough uh, a march and two real tough away fixtures uh, on the horizon with, with Blackburn and, and Bournemouth, I think, either side of the international break. Um, it's crunch time, Corey. We're saying it. It's, it is crunch time, isn't it? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and, and again, 
the most important thing is to get the W is to get the three points on the board. But at the same time, if you'd like to say, if you can put in a good performance, it's going to give you confidence to stop this rot that you know that you can put a performance in and you can beat teams. Um, you can beat teams that are the better, better teams in this division when you put on good performances. So we just need that. We need Tom to come back. We need him to be firing. Um, I think it's time for Luke Plange and CKR to get out of the lineup, give them a bit of a rest. Um, Plange especially. Uh, maybe go with a false nine and, and go out there and do whatever you can to, to get a thing. I mean, if it's an ugly goal and it squeezes across the line by an inch and we win the game, who cares? Not really bothered. We need three points. But again, like you say, if we can go in there, get a performance, put in a put in a good shift, maybe blow a team away, something like that, score two or three goals, um, tweak, tweak some of the attack and play. You know, confidence levels go into a full week then to prepare for Bournemouth are going to be sky high. Um, but we, we definitely can't, we can't afford more turgid performances. We have to start getting results and it has to start. It has to start on Saturday against Barnsley. And the last time is upon us for this week's episode, I think, Corey. And, and what has been a run, I mean, I know we've not covered them all, but we've tried the best that we can. A week where we're, we're going to get midweek off. Um, got got any plans? Because <laughs> I, I know I'm going to recoup. I'm going to rest and recuperate, ready for the uh, ready for the running. I think because obviously there's there's definitely a few twists and turns left in this season on and off the pitch, as we we can obviously uh, imagine. Um, but I'm sure we'll be well. We will. We will be here to cover it all. Um, I, I, unless you've got any more business, I, I think that's it for the pod this week. Yeah, for sure, Jason. And yeah, it'll be nice to have a bit of a midweek break off, just the one episode next week, looking ahead to, to Bournemouth. Um, you know, we'll be planning for for some more shows from, from now until the end of the season. We've got some some different irons in the fire, so to speak, um, on, on different things. So some more to come on that. But, you know, again, I, I just like to just say, Jason, you know, thanks to everybody who, who listens to us um, and, 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 and sticks with us throughout the season as we as we try to break down Darby and give the best insights that we can. You know, we're just two two lads who try to put together a, a, a weekly and biweekly show um, on all things Derby County, and, and you know, we we're passionate about this, and, and we wouldn't we're so appreciative of of, of you and your support of, of all of our followers on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and all of everybody on the podcast. And the one thing I'd just like to say is, you know, if you like the podcast, if you're enjoying it, share it with your friends, your family. They might get something out of it. Um, and you know, leave us a comment on there as well. We like seeing those, good or bad. Um, we've gotten some feedback on some different things that we're going to hopefully roll out here in the new future. But again, just thanks to everybody who listens and, and, and um, you know, really, really, really appreciate it because without you, yeah, well, you make it all worth it at the end of the day. All everything that we do um, is is for you guys. So we really appreciate it. And um, hopefully, hopefully the support continues, but thank you so much for the support you've, you've showed for us so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I second that. It's, it's great when we, when we get positive, it's great when we get negative because we know it makes know, us we better. Know, we know where it we makes improve. us better. Well, maybe, maybe other people have their opinions on that, but we think we think it makes us better when when we when we get. To, I'm not getting get... the plastic surgery that the person suggested, but no, no, and I can't. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't change my voice either. So you know, some, some people find it annoying. But hey, I know I, I want to sound like Adele too, but that's just not going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for the podcast. Uh, as I say, only there is only going to be one episode next week. It's nice to have a bit of a breather. Um, and let's just, you know, fingers crossed, we've actually got a win to talk about next week, Corey, because it's felt a while. Uh, obviously, a couple of wins that we didn't really uh, follow up straight after. So it, it feels like we're, we're, we're on the edge. We're waiting. We're waiting for that three points. And a week's a long time in football. When we next, when we next convene together, 
you just never know. There might be more off the field news. We might only have a five point gap from safety and then everybody's back on the bandwagon that Derby can do it. That's everything from us for this episode. And as always, the final words are up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.